it's a pleasure to be here with Tom Redden, who's the head of sports science and sport medicine at Cricket New South Wales, which is based in Sydney, Australia. And maybe Tom, for North American viewers, you can just talk a little bit about the overall objectives of cricket and some of the physical demands that it puts on its players. Yeah, I guess uh, for uh, North American um, people who aren't familiar with cricket, it's, I'd say, a hybrid of like javelin uh, and baseball um, uh, in many ways. Um, it, it is a physically demanding sport. Uh, the game can be played across four days, believe it or not, or five uh, in international cricket. Um, you know, fast bowling is probably the most physically demanding uh, of all roles in cricket. Um, you know, players run in from about 30 metres, um, do a javelin type action um, at delivery where they you know, pitch or bowl the ball to a batsman uh, who's 20 metres away. Uh, at impact of that delivery, you know, you've got somewhere between eight and 10 times body weight forces going through the front foot. Um, and what happens is a fast bowler does that six times to constitute an over and across a day's play, if it's uh, longer form cricket, then they may bowl 20 to 30 overs, uh, you know, up to 180 times in a day's play. And, you know, that could be repeated, you know, in consecutive days if 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 the team's not performing well and, and the opposition is, is batting really well. Um, there's also other formats of the game which are shorter. So there's a 20-20 cricket where uh, there's only 20 overs uh, played between each side. And in that case, the... The bowler bowls the maximum of four overs. That game's over in roughly three hours. And then there's a third version of the game, one-day cricket, which, as the name suggests, is, is played over a single day. Mm. Each team faces 50 overs. Uh, in terms of, I guess, GPS numbers from a physical demands, you know, in a day's play, players will be covering somewhere between 10 to 15 to 20 kilometres, depending on the format of the game and um their role in the game mm -hmm. so yeah it, it's a it's got a broad spectrum of physical demands um you know batters who um like in in baseball um you know will wait for the pitcher or the bowler's delivery and then try and hit that ball um you know they may get out straight away and, and therefore have low physical demands or they may stay in for a long time and in cricket um you know, once the batters hit it, they will, will run uh, up and back you know, the 20 metres to, to score runs. Yeah. And they may score 100, 150, 200 runs potentially and bat for five, six hours at a time. So, again, the physical demands of that can be very, very high. Um, but the bandwidth is that they can get out you know, with the first ball faced and then go and sit down for the rest of the day. So yeah. it's quite a broad spectrum of physical demands that that come in cricket when you look across the positions of batters versus bowlers um, and then the different formats of the game being T20 versus long form or multiple day cricket, which, as I said, is four to five days in length. Yeah. So it sounds like, you know, there's the potential for a, a lot of, 
sort of repetition or things like repeated sprints or maybe stress through the shoulder joint in, in the case of the bowler. Um, but it sounds like the, the physical demands can be quite significant. Would that be accurate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, as you alluded with the shoulder, you know, there's fielding in cricket, which like um, in baseball, you know, there's players in the outfield who, you know, try and stop the ball uh, and throw it back you know, to the catcher or in, in, in cricket's case, the wicketkeeper. Um, so, you know, combined with the game, of course, is training, the repetition of throwing and bowling and batting, you know, does lend itself to some of those chronic type injuries that, that you'll see. Uh, and then, of course, as you said, just the, the physical demands of sprinting, bowling and so forth. So it's, you know, it's a good challenging sport to work in and try and have the players optimally prepared from a physical perspective and stay healthy from an injury uh, management or minimization perspective. Right. What are some common types of injuries? You mentioned, Tom, there are some chronic injuries. Are, are there common injuries that you see in cricket? Yeah, certainly shoulder injuries um, are reasonably common. Um, and then for, for fast bowlers, you know, back injuries and back stress fractures is, I guess, the most major of those being a significant time injury in terms of players generally being out for six months uh, if, they, if they have a proper stress fracture. Um, and then you do get a lot of you know, joint injuries uh, due to the forces involved, as I talked about, eight to 10 times body weight at, at bowling impact, so uh, ankle injuries and so forth. And you know, then, of course, there's sprinting in the field and so forth. So, you know, you get also at risk of muscle strains uh, in those situations. So, yeah, some common injuries with, with shoulders, uh, ankles, backs, particularly with pace bowlers, uh, but then you know, more general muscle strains of the lower body uh, with the sprinting. And you mentioned, you know, for some injuries, the athlete may be out for six months or longer. In terms of the management, particularly with those prolonged injuries, what are some challenges from your standpoint or perspective? Yeah, we well, certainly have to uh, respect uh, tissue healing. Uh, and bone healing, uh, which is the case in stress fractures, is an area where there does need to be time allowed for healing to take place. Um, and obviously with that comes deconditioning of other tissues that maybe haven't been injured in the, in the stress fracture itself, but um, become deconditioned. So you need, after that period of, of healing, uh, then you need a significant build-up in reconditioning both of the originally injured area but also the other other parts of the body yeah. um, and you know particularly with with I guess uh, spine stress fractures you know it's it's not as obvious to see as you know say a arm fracture or a you know, leg fracture um, so it, it's one that you need to um, you know, have ongoing investigations with MRIs uh, and so forth to make sure that the healing process is taking place um, well. And then there's a number of 
our nutritional uh, items that need to be in place to make sure that the bone is healing properly. Um, you've got the reloading correct, both from a skill perspective and then also in terms of general physical qualities of strength and fitness and so forth. Yeah. Often that's a great opportunity for the player to work on those general qualities and come back a better, more robust athlete. And certainly that is the goal. Um, but it's, it's, it's not a quick process. And as with any, I guess, long process like rehab, there's going to be some ups and downs you know, in it, both from a physical point of view, but also, of course, from a mental point of view. You know, the, the, the daily grind of a six-month rehab is not all smooth sailing and there's going to be highs and lows emotionally. Yeah. Uh, as part of that process right would you say that athletes are aware of the fact that recovery is not a linear process or are their expectations more that okay i'm just going to progress from one step to the next i would say that depends on um uh, the age of the athlete and their experience and you know, how many of these situations have they seen firsthand Right. Yeah, have they gone through it themselves? Um, most, not most, but a lot of pace bowlers will you know, have probably a stress fracture uh, at some point. We hope that they never get it, but it is common that it is something that they will see in the environment. And so they will see, you know, the extents, extensiveness of the rehab involved. But if they're a young pace bowler who's just come into the system, you know, they may not have that experience and so may think, okay, it's, you know, I can progress quickly and it's just all blue sky. And that's where as, you know, support staff, we need to sort of sit them down, really make sure that they're aware of, um, you know, what's ahead of them. Yeah. So would you say particularly for younger athletes or those who haven't had significant injury experience, that process of education or information is valuable or important for them? Particularly for them, yeah. It's still important for you know, more senior players, of course. Yeah. I think it's always a good process to sit down with them and, and you know, map out what's ahead, you know, make sure they, they know, look, it's not going to be a short process, in, particularly in that particular situation of the back stress fracture. Um, you know, help them understand all the pieces of the puzzle that's going to be put together to um, try and provide the best chance of success, uh, both, you know, psychological, nutrition, physical, medical, um, you know, uh, off-field support, all those elements coming together um, as in an integrated way um, to, to give the best chance of success. And how, how would you say that for the athlete, having that knowledge of the different pieces of the puzzle, whether it's the nutrition or, you know, a sense of kind of the progression, how is that helpful for them or valuable? Well, I think that helps them connect the dots on things um, and, and you know, understand how all the pieces fit together. Um, so it's not... You know, the dietitian is doing this and the physio is doing you know, something um, with the rehab and the SMC is doing something and you know, it's all separate and in isolation. Uh, it's about 
you know, player that these things are all pieces of the rehab and they are working in harmony um, together to, to give the best outcome of success. Yeah. So kind of when the athlete understands how the different pieces are integrated or maybe the, the value of things like paying attention to their nutrition or, um, you know, understanding like healing. And, and you mentioned that, you know, certain tissues just take time to heal, that that's helpful yep. for the athlete. Um, what what and, about... And just, just one more train of thoughts there, Liz. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's about helping the athlete understand the why isn't it, you know, why are these things around? Why are these things being recommended? You know, um, and, and that will help with engagement and buy-in um, for, for the player. You know? So we're all on the same page. Yeah. So w when you say engagement or buy-in, maybe you can clarify what you mean specifically in, in, in those two terms or those things. Well, ultimately, you know, it's it's the players' rehab. Um, we're we're all there to support their rehab, um, but the player needs to, um, you know, uh, buy in or uh, have acceptance that yep, this is this is the way forward, um, and it should be ideally a partnership between the support staff and the and the player. Of course, um, if the staff is recommending X, Y, and Z to the player and the player doesn't really believe in it or the player doesn't think it's going to be a value, then clearly that's not going to be a situation that's probably going to generate a positive outcome. Yeah. It's about having everyone on the same page with a plan um, and then move forward together on that plan. Yeah. And, and would you say that it's important sort of for the player to kind of assume ownership, I guess, or responsibility. You mentioned that sort of in your role, you're there, it sounds like as a facilitator of their recovery. Yeah, certainly, you know, the, the player is a very key component in their rehab. You know, they're going to be doing, a, uh, they're going to be doing all the training. They're going to be involved in every discussion, you know, with, with the dietitian and, and so forth. Um, so they're a critical part of it. And, Obviously, you know, they come into our environment and, and we provide the support that we can, but they're not here 24 seven. They'll be at home, you know, and, and in other environments. And the decisions they make at those times are also important into the overall success or otherwise of the rehabilitation. So clearly they're in the driving seat in many ways. Um, but as I said, it's, it really should have the view of being a partnership um, approach to things. Now, on that, Les, obviously you're going to have some athletes who are younger who maybe are going to be need to be led more and have more sort of direction. Uh, and then there's going to be your real experienced, um, you know, senior athlete who's who you're probably going to uh, allow to have an even greater say in elements of their program. And so that's yeah. the spectrum. Of, of the athletic experience. Um, it, it's not going to be a one-size-fits-all approach. Um, senior players will get a you know, greater say, uh, probably more debate around things, whereas a younger athlete is probably going to be more support player directed and driven and, and the player just you know, follows the instructions. And then, you know, it's a spectrum. Yeah, so I was just going to say, 
in the case of maybe the less experienced athlete, it would be more directive in the approach, whereas with the older, more experienced athlete, it's more of an equal partnership. Is that accurate? Yeah, I would say that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, kind of implicit, I think, in, in your comment, Tom, was this idea that it's important for the athlete to be able to self-manage themselves because you said they're not always, you know, in the cricket grounds or training facility or and, and there's probably a lot of time where they're away. So maybe you can speak to the relevance or importance of self-management and its role in effective recovery. Yeah, certainly we don't want, um, you know, probably not going to get the best outcome if the athlete feels that, or the athlete of the mindset that the only rehab that they're doing or the only time they need to focus on the right behaviours around their rehab is when they step into the facility for the two or three hours. Um, and then when they check out of the facility, then, you know, they, they can do whatever they want. It needs to be, you know, a, a, a um, you know, full day approach to things, a 24-7 approach, if you like. Um, so we don't want to create dependency with our <coughs> players. We don't want the players to think that we're, they're fully dependent on us for their rehab. Um, and, and again, that partnership sort of approach talks to that, that the player you know, is also co-responsible for their rehab uh, when they're away from us. Um, so it's a, it's a co-responsibility rather than just a dependency model. Right. That makes and, sense. And how is that model communicated or conveyed to the athlete? Is that just sort of direct, explicit conversation or communication? Is that implicit that the athlete understands that? The athlete's gone through uh, several rehabilitations. Um, and I think by that stage, it'll probably be pretty well understood. Um, but, but it should still, you know, as a matter of good process, I think, be discussed with, with the exp experienced player, but with a more junior uh, athlete, I think you know, that will be really stepped through uh, by the medical staff or, or um, for myself in my role. You know, it, those guys will need to be educated in, in that aspect. Yeah, yeah. And you've alluded to this, but I just want to ask it explicitly from a player standpoint. What are some of the challenges or uncertainties associated with injury or or the rehab injury? Um, well, you know, there's there's always time frames put on return to play and return to train. So one of the uncertainties is will those time frames be met? You know, will I be able to come back sooner? Will it be later? Um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty around that. Will the rehab go well? Will it, will it not go well? Then, if it's a really significant injury, of course, there'll be uncertainty around will this, will I ever get back, you know, to the level I was, or will I be able to get back to play at all? Um, when I get back, uh, will I retain my spot in the team, um, or will, will you know, the coach have put a line through me and? and my career's over. Um, and that, of course, then brings other stresses, uncertainty around income and uh, status and uh, self-confidence and, and those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, you know, other uncertainties, um, you know, uh, 
if it's a first time rehab, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm unfamiliar with this process. You know, uh, are these exercises going to work? Are they are they not going to work? Um, you know, is my body going to respond well to this? It's, it's, it's unfamiliar. It's uncertain. Uh, am I going to gain weight? Am I going to lose muscle? You know, all, all those uncertainties are probably bubbling yeah. away there. Right. And and so I guess in, in terms of kind of this sport science staff or those in, in support roles, are there strategies in place to help the athlete manage some of those uncertainties? And I appreciate you mentioned there, they can be varied and, and, and many. Yeah, well, at Cricket New South Wales, we're very fortunate to have player development manager and that's um, you know, funded by the, the Players Association. It's a great role that exists in cricket in Australia. And that person's role is really to help offer life support to the player. Yeah. So any time a player has a significant injury, that player development manager will um, make a, make an appointment with that player and, and just chat through, check in on, on their well-being make sure that they've got support around them, uh, family, friends. Obviously, they're a direct support person as well. Um, uh, so that's a first port of call. You know, the sports psychologists at Cricket New South Wales will uh, additionally you know, reach out to the player and just check in on their, their well-being, um, offer any support that they can, or also offer you know, the ability to tap into external providers uh, if the player would prefer to see someone from outside, you know, the cricket team, um, because they maybe feel more comfortable to um, share, you know, their, their innermost thoughts um, with someone not directly attached you know, to the program. So there's, there's flexibility with that. Um, and then, you know, as a coaching and support team, you know, we will have had conversations around um, this player and the need to make sure we're supportive we're all you know united behind you know the plan of, of rehab um, and then it may be the physio or it may be the SNC you know one of the staff that have probably the best relationship with the player will also um, you know check in on on the player and and you know make sure that they're comfortable with the the plan going forward so there's, there's several roles that are important in, in reaching out to the player and checking in with them. Yeah. And the coach, of course, as well as another person. Yeah, sure. yeah so it sounds like there's... And, and, then of, and teammates, as, teammates as well, of course. You know, um, in good cultures, teammates will also reach out and check in on the welfare of their teammates. Yeah, so... Would you say that the teammates are an important source of support for the injured athlete? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, it it can be. Now, it's an interesting one about you know if a player's got a really long rehab, is it great for them to be rehabbing uh, in and around the training group while they're watching the players training every day and doing what they can't? Yeah. I think that's an an interesting discussion point and I think that's you know case by case probably as a general rule of thumb I'd 
say in the in the initial part a long rehab it's probably best that that rehab isn't done always around when the main team is training so that the player is always having you know in their face what they can't do um, so in that case the players rehab may be scheduled on you know separate days or separate times but the teammates can still you know pick up the phone or visit the player and check in and then once the rehab has moved through is you know generally in that initial phase there'll be some probably emotional ups and downs for the player um you know then then there might be more and more integration in and around training uh, as part of next steps of things yeah so sort of as they move more towards sort of or move to the latter or middle parts of, of their rehab and are able to do more physically then they're more integrated into the the team environment is that right and that's right. Now that that's a general rule of thumb. It'll be case by case, but yeah. that's a general rule of thumb. As soon as they can start doing some of the skill work again, um, right. then that becomes a nice next step, and it gives a nice boost to the emotional roller coaster of of a rehab. Uh, and of course, it also gives a great boost to the teammates that um, you know they can see their play, their teammate getting better in their rehab, and it creates a really nice. Uh, atmosphere in the in the program stuff. Yeah, yeah. So that that's interesting because it sounds like it's not just the at, the injured athlete themselves that may benefit psychologically from working out with the team, but also the team benefits from seeing the athlete. Uh, you know, working hard, doing the things they need to. Um, so I guess the sort of the benefits are reciprocal. It sounds like. Yeah, I think so. I mean. You know, every teammate will be different, but teammates have care for their for each other. Um, and you know, they, they, it's a bad analogy, I guess, but they go into battle alongside each other. You know, one of one of their uh, mates gets injured, gets hurt. You know, they care for them. They they feel for them. They're obviously focused on their own you know, demands and their own um, training, but. You know, they have a, a, a concern for their, their fellow teammates. So when that fellow teammate uh, is you know, back into training, you know, even in a modified capacity, of course they they you know get a a positive feeling from that, and and that can become a nice um, you know feedback loop that generates positivity for the player in rehab, and you, you get a nice um, feedback loop of, of positivity. Right. And, and I was going to say, when, when the athlete or, or when teammates express some care or concern for the, athlete, the injured athlete, does that have motivationally beneficial properties for the injured athlete? Oh, I think so, yeah. I, again, it's, I'm not a subject matter expert on, <laughs> on um, sure. sports psychology, but yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, people people rehabbing, you know, with order around them, I think is going to have a better outcome 99.9 times out of 100 than not. Now, initially in the rehab, if it's a long one, that that support is through support staff mostly. Um, but then, you know, feeding them into training provides that nice next step of support. And then eventually they're fully in training um, but all through that process, 
teammates will be checking in, coaches will be checking in, uh, in the best programs they will be anyway, because they're showing genuine care for their teammates. Yeah. Um, I, I just want to talk a little bit about pain. Obviously, injury can uh, induce certainly physical pain in the injured athlete. Um, are there things that, from your standpoint, are beneficial or valuable when the athlete communicates in terms of their pain or what they're experiencing? Yeah, in medicine, something that I'll... I'll feel qualified to really yeah um, comment sure. on les okay um, sure and That's linking fine. i guess the, the psychological and the and, and the physical it's yeah it's not an area that i would feel any yeah. great expertise in to be honest yeah no no worries um i i guess like in terms and and maybe you can sort of answer this question i guess not so much in terms of the psychological but i guess one of the things you mentioned was sort of the player confidence is uh, can be an issue. And I guess I'm wondering, at least in terms of sort of more of the physical aspects of recovery, is, is that uh, a key element, would you say, in, in kind of facilitating their progression or um, like when, when they see that they're making those physical gains or those strides, does that have oh, an impact? Oh, absolutely, yeah. I think... Uh, as players see progression, um, as players, um, you know, see that they're able to do more, then, uh, you know, they get confidence boost. They get a good feeling from that. It reinforces that things are on the right track. And, you know, they they um, continue to gain confidence that, that things are going to go well. And our role in, in, in and around that as support staff is always I think to try and remain positive around things even when there will be setbacks because there will be setbacks often it's not a linear progression um, or at least some plateaus um, it's always to be positive to um, promote you know uh, an optimistic outcome from this um, you know not to uh, sell false hope sure you know that be not being honest but um, to always remain optimistic of a positive outcome and reinforce when we're when we're seeing really good progress. Um, again, that, I think the, the the player, you know, like all of us, they want to know that yeah, what they're doing is working. Yeah. So seeing that things are working, you know, is beneficial, I guess, in terms of the athlete recovery. Yeah. Um, I, I guess in in terms of. Um, uh, um, and there's going to be a broad spectrum, Les, just while my train of thought's running there in, yeah. in you know, the athlete um, mentality around things. So you're going to have some players who are really deep thinkers yeah. and they're, they're really going to want to know every, every element, every why, you know, what's this exercise doing? Why am I doing it? They, they want to really, really think about it. Yeah. yeah, and then you're going to have the other end of the spectrum, the player who they, they don't want to deeply think about it. They just go, "Give me the program, put it on the board, I'll follow it." Right. You know, so there's going to be a spectrum of, yeah. you know, I guess uh, athletes, um, right. and you know, the the support staff will will need to identify, you know, which type of athlete um, 
they're dealing with and, and appropriately message and and you know um, talk through the rehab accordingly right so it's sort of the interaction between the athlete and the treatment provider may vary as a function of sort of individual athlete characteristics or preferences some athletes may really sort of want to know as you mentioned before the rationale for why am i doing this what's the benefit what will it lead to whereas others are more just like give me the program i'll do whatever you tell me to do knowing that it's gonna you know help me kind of thing um some athletes who who, who will have done their own research you know which is uh great they'll they will have looked into things and you know they're obviously highly engaged they're highly you know deep thinkers about it and they'll bring forward you know what about this what about we try this you know and that that can be quite challenging as a a practitioner right um because you don't want to go down chasing too many rabbit holes you you want to try and build a really solid program uh, certainly yeah. you want to respect that it's the athlete's body and and they have a right to put forward ideas of course but ultimately you know the medical person is the expert the snc is the expert in their space um and we need to also respect their expertise yeah well on that note you know of course with the per- proliferation of information on the web is there some danger or is it a double-edged sword maybe when the athlete is kind of chasing information that cannot i don't know undermine the the circumstance where the athlete tries to be the expert i guess it has the potential doesn't it like um if you know the sports science sports medicine team have sat down with a player and and worked through a what they believe is a really appropriate rehabilitation plan and then the player um, says yep okay i'm all in with that but then for whatever reason has here's someone say oh have you tried this or you know on instagram you know looks at an exercise and then just on their own volition the player you know does that outside of the the environment well then you know those things may not be in alignment and they may cause interference so in that situation that that's not an outcome but if the player were to come across those things and then come into the you know the high performance environment say hey what are your thoughts on x y and z i you know i heard that this might be good and then talk it through with the support staff the support staff can then you know um say yep that's a great idea we can add that into the program or no that's not going to work in your rehab because um you know, it, it's for whatever reason. So I'm a believer, Les, you need to have one, I guess, head chef, or yeah. at least, you know, the partnership of um, the medical and the, the player working together and not working separately. Right, right. So it almost sounds like, you know, if the athlete is getting information, that's an opportunity for some discussion more than anything. Would that be the case? That's that right. That's right. Bring it to the table, and and then if that's you know, right. this, yeah. So I I also thought it was interesting, Tom. Before you know, that's right. And, and in some ways, Lisa, I don't mind. I was just going to say, I, I don't mind players. I mean, I, I think it's good that players ask questions of, you know, the program. Uh, I think that's helpful. Yeah, I think that 
uh, make sure that yeah we are delivering the best practice program to the player. Um, right. in, in some ways, the player clearly is, you know, the person who's got the most on the line with their rehab. Um, I, I see no problems at all with the player coming to us and saying, "We sure that's the right program? What about this? What about that?" Yeah. And you know, us needing to justify why the program is the right program to the player. If that if that is needed in order for the player to fully buy in, um, then then absolutely we should be able to explain because it's their career, it's their body. Right, right. You know, uh, would you what, say what that? I would always hope the player would would come and have that discussion and not just go off on their own accord and start trying things, you know, randomly. Yeah. Um, I would always hope that they would uh, have a have a you know good honest relationship with the support staff around them that they would feel comfortable to. Um, talk that through. Right. Would you say almost then that it's important for the athlete to ask questions <clears throat> for their own benefit, as you say, it's their body and their career, but it also sounds like it almost holds the practitioner to a certain level of competence or I don't know if accountability is the right word there, but. Again, I think it depends on the, on the athlete's uh, individual makeup. Um, yeah. So certainly players who are deep thinkers and uh, more experienced players, you know, I, I think, yeah, absolutely. They should be front and centre in the conversation. They'll have insights and in what's worked for them, what hasn't worked, particularly if they're experienced but they're new to our program. You know, they've worked in other environments. Uh, we wouldn't have had that much experience with them personally, but obviously they, they are very experienced you know, their, their insights and, and experiences will be critical uh, in, in, the, in the process. Yeah. Um, but if they're you know, of, of a character type that they don't want to think too deeply or they're um, you know, really young, yes, yes, you certainly want education as part of it, but, but um, you probably don't need the same level of... of uh, deep dive detail. Yeah, sure. Um, I just a few other questions while I have you here, Tom, and I appreciate your your insights. Yeah. Um, you are, mentioned, they, are these insights sort of what you were looking for, Les, or, or yeah. am I off track? Yeah. No, no. I mean, I'm to be honest, I'm not looking for anything. I, I think it's, you know, I'm just interested in having conversations with people with your background and expertise and in your roles, uh, because I think there's probably lots to be gained for, for the athlete who might listen. And, you know, yeah. you're probably, whether you know it or not, reinforcing a lot of valuable points for, for the athlete. And, um, you know, I guess- I sort of feel of like I'm just talking in very general broad terms and not too much, yeah. you know, real specific detail. Um, no, that's fine. I mean, I, I suppose obviously the nature of injury is such that there are, you know, you, as you allude to differences in the individual based on their circumstance, their career trajectory, where they are in that trajectory. And, and all those things of course come to bear that in some ways probably make it harder to talk specifics unless you're talking about a specific athlete in mind. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I definitely think certainly a lot of the information you've shared is important for, for injured athletes. Um, for instance, one of the things you mentioned before was the idea that 
you, your goal is for the athlete to become more robust. And I suspect for, well, I don't suspect, I know from a lot of research and even what you mentioned that there's a lot of doubts and concerns. And, you know, certainly there are instances where athletes don't emerge better or stronger or more capable as a result. So I'm wondering, in your experience, are there specific factors? And if you want to speak maybe specifically to physical factors or healing factors, that's perfectly fine. Are there factors that influence the trajectory of recovery or that distinguish why one athlete may make an effective recovery versus those that don't? Uh, well, I think firstly, you, know, you need to have a good physical rehabilitation program. Obviously that's a very key part of it. Yeah. Um, and to that you need, you need obviously to have a really good diagnosis of the injury, you need to um, really understand uh, what what needs to uh, happen in order for the tissue to heal and and forth. But then it's always, you know, we would like to look at it as a great opportunity to improve uh, during rehab um, to come back better. So. You know, what are the areas on top of the rehab for the specific injury? What other areas can we look to improve with this athlete from a physical perspective? Maybe, um, you know, we can improve if they've got a shoulder injury, maybe we can improve some lower body strength and lower body um, uh, power. Um, yeah, maybe we can improve their RSI or some of those more uh, high end. Uh, qualities of, of athleticism right. um, so that they, they you know, maybe we can improve their trunk strength you know what can we what can we improve with this athlete additional to their specific injured area that will enable them to come back you know overall uh, an even better athlete and a more robust athlete so it's an opportunity yeah um, and I think if you have that mindset that that really helps uh, the athlete's attitude around the rehab, and it gives it a much more positive um, tone, uh, you know, and it becomes a, you know, a, it just becomes this opportunity to get better. Right. So, would you say that the athlete who really takes the mindset or approach that this is an opportunity to address different facets or component of, components of their game, that they emerge more robust typically, or that maybe there are differences in, in the outcomes that you see? Yeah, I think if they're working on the right areas of uh, their body, they absolutely can come back you know, more robust. Um, but also, often they can come back with more skills. Um, you know, in cricket, for example, there's pace bowler might get um, that back stress factor we've been talking about and be out for six months from their bowling, but they will be able to bat in advance of that six month time frame. They might be able to start batting at you know, three months. So there's there's a chance for them to work on that different skill set. And so potentially out of this rehab they can come back with an improved skill set in batting that when combined with their um, you know, return to bowling, well, all of a sudden they've got a broader skill set that you know, gives more options to them as the cricketer, more options to the coach 
um, and and can potentially um, uh, actually turn out to be a real positive uh, for the player. Right. So, so it's, it's about looking at those things as opportunities for growth, both from a physical perspective, from a skill set perspective. It, it, you know, the player development manager would also go, well, this is an opportunity to, um, you know, look at doing some study or some part-time work or something to develop uh, non-sport skills, you know, yeah. that again can make a, a significant um, contribution to, the, to that person's life. Yeah. So it sounds like maybe paradoxically or inadvertently that maybe there are some benefits to having the injury. That is not just entirely a negative experience. Yeah, I would agree fully with that. Now, clearly it's not nice to get injured. Um, right. You know, there's pain and yeah. so forth at times and you're missing out on playing that you probably love and, and playing with your teammates. So I'm certainly not going to pretend that it's all um, beer and Skittles. There, there's yeah. certainly some negative elements to it. That, you know, yeah. We need to confront the brutal reality of that. But yeah. equally, alongside that, there is these opportunities. And yeah. um, I think it, it can be easy just to focus on the negative. You know, that, that's probably human nature, isn't it? To think about what have I lost? Yeah. Um, you know, we can all be like that. Um, but, you know, there's also opportunity to look at well, what can I gain through this? Um, and you know, part of it also is going through rehab. There's the opportunity to, that, that you, you'll come out of it mentally stronger in many times as well. You know, you've gone through a difficult situation, a challenging situation um, that hasn't been easy and you've worked through it and you've come out uh, of the other side of that, you know, that, that builds resilience uh, yeah. from a character view. Yeah. Um, not that, that you want everyone to have six, 12 months injuries, of course, but right. again, I would say that is something that can come out that is a positive. Yeah. So again, while it's an unwanted event, maybe is sort of one characterization and certainly there are a lot of difficulties. I, I like just that one word, it can be a chance for, you know, you mentioned robustness or, or growth or development of skills in different areas or, or just purely the ability to work through something difficult that kind of then serves the athlete well, I guess. Is that right? Yeah, yeah I, the word that comes to my mind, Les, is opportunity. Yeah, yeah. It, it's an opportunity. Um, to get better physically as an athlete, more robust. It's an opportunity to work on skill sets in sport that maybe um, hadn't been as well developed. It's an opportunity to work on mental resilience, it's an opportunity to work on um, life skills like study and work. And it's an opportunity potentially to, um, you know, work with the coaching staff on technical strategy and, and these sorts of things. So. Yeah, I, I think we, we certainly don't shy away from the the reality that and, and not being able to play the sport that you love and you probably miss out sometimes on financial reward from not being able to play. Um, but there's also opportunity and it's about recognising both sides of it, not just focusing fully on the negative and not just pretending that there's no negative and it's all positive because that's not reality. 
Um, yeah. It's about looking at both sides of it and acknowledging that, yeah, there, there's some things here also, opportunity and, and the two things are, are both present. Yeah. Well, you may have answered my last question already, Tom, but I'm going to ask anyway. If you could share a piece of advice for injured athletes, what would it be? Certainly, your sporting team will have great support there for you and you know, trust and work with them in a partnership on your rehab. Yeah. Equally, there will be, you know, or look to try and make sure you have great support outside of your sport, family, friends, people who don't have anything to do with your sport uh, and get a nice balance of support there both inside the sport and outside the sport. Right. So, and then, you know, the second piece of advice would be, um, yeah, look at this as, yes, it's a negative in terms of you're not going to be playing the sport for a period and there's probably going to be some physical pain involved and you know, emotional loss around, you know, not being able to move as well as you'd like at that point in time. But also alongside that, look at it as an opportunity. You know, can I get better athletically? Can I work on skills um, that previously I haven't been able to devote as much time to? Can I um, have some outside focuses like study um, that you know, maybe also I haven't been able to devote as much time to? So look, look for the opportunities alongside understanding that, yep, this is going to take time and there's going to be some ups and downs in the physical rehab. Yeah, yeah. Well, th those are um, great words, I think, uh, to finish our conversation, Tom. And again, I just want to say thank you. And, and uh, I very much appreciate you sharing your, your experience and, um, and, and insight. So, yeah, great to speak right. with you. As I said, Lisa, I'm lots probably just very general. I'm not sure there's anything groundbreaking there, but um, hopefully it's been of some some use, as you say, just to maybe reinforce um, pre-existing notions. You know, I'm yeah. not saying anything there that I would say is, uh, yeah, as I said, groundbreaking. Um, but yeah, I look forward to getting your um, your uh, summary of it all and yeah. Seeing, seeing what it looks like. Yeah, thank you again, Tom. Have a, a great uh, rest of your day. And, and again, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Thanks, Les.